Greetings, this is podcast number 54 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Hawk from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today, we're first going to discuss the right wing's death by a thousand cuts method of class warfare. Then, we'll hear from a listener, a right winger, who claims that suffocating to death on your job is no big deal. It's nobody's business but your own. Huh? Let's get right into it. The right wing is continuing to wage brutal class warfare on many fronts. These fronts include 1. How much people earn. The right wing is allowing fraud that illegally inflates executive salaries. 2. How much these executives and others of the super wealthy pay in taxes when alive. The right wing is turning a blind eye to tax cheating in the form of ultra-complex tax schemes. 3. How much the wealthy pay in taxes when they die. The Bush administration is gutting IRS estate and gift tax enforcement efforts. My sources for this segment are a New York Times editorial, articles by David K. Johnston and Stephanie Saul in the New York Times, a column by Robert Kuttner in the Boston Globe, msnbc.com, and fareeconomy.org. I know in a sense that this isn't particularly sexy stuff. It's not, in and of itself, going to make you want to go marching in the streets. But it's information you should be aware of it's part and parcel of the right wing's agenda. A somewhat hidden part, but no less nefarious, no less dangerous than the headline type items I often discuss. Sometimes the right wing will kill you with one massive public blow. Other times they'll kill you in secret, a death by a thousand cuts. So here are some of the death by a thousand cut fronts in the right wing's economic war on poor working and middle class Americans. We'll start with executive compensation fraud. According to a study released in July, over 29% of American companies have backdated stock options to inflate the pay packages of their top executives. Almost 3 of 10 American companies committing fraud to be able to pay their already amply compensated executives even more? That sounds almost unbelievable, doesn't it? Such was the initial reaction of one of the authors of the study. Quote, It's pretty scary and it's quite surprising to see, said Eric Lee, an associate professor of finance at the Tippy College of Business at the University of Iowa. Professor Lee said the findings were so surprising that he asked several colleagues to check his numbers. Together, they concluded that the numbers probably erred on the low side. Close quote. How could this be going on? Despite tighter securities and exchange commission reporting requirements on paper, which took effect in 2002, quote, Professor Lee said that a number of companies simply ignored the new reporting rule. 
You still see problems. The rule is not enforced, he said. Close quote. The rule is not enforced. Remember that as the mantra of this segment. The rules are not enforced by the right-wing Bush administration. Let's go on to class warfare front number two. Cheating through ultra-complex tax schemes. Last week, Senator Carl Levin, Democrat of Michigan, was moved to proclaim, quote, The universe of offshore tax cheating has become so large that no one, not even the United States government, could go after all of it, close quote. Senator Levin made these comments on the occasion of his committee's release of a 400-page report on the subject. This report gives the gory details of sham transactions so complex that IRS audit capabilities are overwhelmed. And you can be sure that these audit capabilities won't be adequately boosted with the Bushians in charge. Here's an example of such a scheme. Quote, a tax shelter boutique based in Seattle concocted a tax shelter using $9.6 billion worth of fake securities transactions that were used to generate billions of dollars of fake capital losses. Senator Levin said that when investigators asked for trading records, they were first told the trades were private, over-the-counter transactions. He said investigators asked for trading tickets or other evidence of who owned the $9.6 billion worth of stock and were told the stocks were never owned by the parties involved. They just wrote down numbers on paper and claimed losses, he said. It was just like fantasy baseball, except the taxes not paid were for real. Close quote. Shades of the Enron Energy traders chortling over screwing California Get a load of this email exchange between two creators of another tax evasion scheme. Quote, Ain't capitalism great? Mr. Wilk wrote to Mr. Scheinfeld in an email message extolling the tax benefits of the Johnson deal. Three weeks later, when the deal was set, Mr. Scheinfeld wrote back, I just hope Woody doesn't get cold feet or have the IRS select his return for an audit. Close quote. As would be expected, the report recommends some heavy-duty changes in the law to prevent such schemes, such as prosecuting lawyers, accountants, banks, and financial advisors who engage in such practices, and removing the legal framework that makes offshore tax havens so attractive. Of course, don't expect much from the right wing on cracking down on rich tax cheats. Expect the opposite. Quote, the Bush administration gutted a proposed international tax agreement that would have increased reporting requirements on money laundering transactions between U.S. banks and foreign money tax havens. Close quote. All this is enough to make a grown man cry, or at least incensed. Senator Levin said that, quote, during the investigation, he grew angry as he learned how common cheating had become and how existing government rules aided tax cheats. He said that complex schemes were broken into discrete pieces, allowing professional advisors working on each piece to assert that they had no idea that, taken as a whole, a scheme was improper. 
I get incensed by people who use tax havens to not pay their taxes while the average guy has to pay his taxes because they're taken out of his pay before he gets it, he said. Close quote. But according to right-wing economics, that's how it should be. Tax cuts for the wealthy, or in this case ways to avoid paying income taxes, are a prime goal of right-wing policy. Okay, we have fraud to inflate salaries and tax evasion to avoid paying what's due on those inflated salaries. And when the fraudulent tax evader dies? On this third front as well, the right is continuing to wage vicious class warfare. It was just disclosed that the Bush administration is going to slash by nearly half the number of IRS lawyers who audit the gift and estate tax returns of the wealthiest Americans. This wasn't something the Bushians announced. No, the administration was doing this in its typical stealth mode. IRS Deputy Commissioner Kevin Brown only confirmed this auditor cutback after IRS employees who opposed these cuts gave the New York Times internal agency documents. The IRS claims that the staff cuts were called for because fewer people have to pay estate taxes because of legislation passed during the Bush administration, that the money saved would pay for hiring other IRS personnel to audit the returns of the rich, and, don't laugh, Deputy Commissioner Brown, quote, dismissed as preposterous any suggestion that the IRS was soft on rich tax cheats, close quote. Well, what do you expect a Bush appointee to say? I personally trust much more what IRS estate tax lawyers themselves are saying. They claim that, quote, the cuts were just the latest moves behind the scenes at the IRS to shield people with political connections and complex tax avoidance devices from thorough audits, close quote. One of these lawyers, who like the others may well lose her job, is Sharon Phillips. She called the staff cutbacks a, quote, backdoor way for the Bush administration to achieve what it cannot get from Congress, which is repeal of the estate tax, close quote. The right wing is certainly acting as if it has something to hide, quote, a research organization at Syracuse University called TRAC used to routinely request and receive comprehensive IRS audit figures by size of the estate, the number of hours spent, and the amount of extra recommended tax. Researchers analyzed the data and posted it on the organization's website so the public had a continuing sense of the IRS's fairness, efficiency, and effectiveness. But in 2004, the IRS stopped giving track the data. In 2006, a federal court ordered the agency to provide the requested records. But the information released since then has not been comprehensive. Close quote. And just why do you think the Bushians are hiding the data? Because it supports their claims of robust enforcement of the tax laws as applied to the super wealthy? If you believe that, I have a large metal structure in an aquatic New York setting that I'd love to sell you. So there you have it. Failure to enforce executive stock option fraud rules. 
moving backwards on stopping offshore tax haven cheating, slashing audits of estate tax returns, three of the death by a thousand cut ways the right is assaulting the poor, working, and middle class of America. Let's look at the larger picture. The estate tax is the most progressive tax in the country, paid by only the richest 1% of estates. 99% of Americans will never pay any estate tax. When right-wingers call it the death tax, that's a clever marketing name, but intellectually dishonest. Since 100% of us die, but only 1 in 100 will pay this tax. The Bushians certainly are aware that a poll this spring found that 6 of 10 Americans said wealthy families paid too little in taxes. So if there's any levy that the American public would not want reduced, would want enforced to the full extent of the law, would not want people to get away with cheating on, it would be the estate tax. But the right wing doesn't care about public opinion. Reducing all taxes, including the estate tax, is a cornerstone of right-wing policy. As Robert Kuttner wrote in the Boston Globe, quote, So obsessive is the Republican right about strangling public services that it is deliberately making it harder for the IRS to collect taxes that are owed, notably by the wealthiest. Close quote. Kuttner has obviously heard the boasts of right-wingers like Rush Limbaugh. Roosevelt is dead. His policies may live on, but we're in the process of doing something about that as well. And he's certainly familiar with GOP strategy guru Grover Norquist's infamous admission that his goal was to shrink government down to the size where he could, quote, drown it in the bathtub. Killing Roosevelt's policies, strangling public services, drowning the government in the bathtub. Make no mistake about it, the right is on its way to achieving this. It's estimated that the total amount of taxes that are lawfully owed but not collected every year is $300 billion. Yes, $300 billion. Deny that to the government and then increase that amount even further by cutting estate tax audits and the like, and you will further the overall right-wing plan to destroy the social safety net and at the same time increase the share of the nation's wealth controlled by the super wealthy. Again, on that latter point, I'm sorry to tell you, they're succeeding. Quote, According to the most comprehensive research on income trends, by economists Thomas Paquetti and Emmanuel Saez, the incomes of the richest 300,000 Americans adjusted for inflation more than tripled between 1970 and 2000. Incomes of the bottom 270 million Americans, 9 Americans in 10, were basically flat. The real incomes of the working poor fell. Close quote. The rich are getting richer, and the poor are getting poorer, just like the right wing planned it. To show you how extreme the situation has become, we have the most unequal wealth distribution of any industrialized democracy. The wealthiest 1% of Americans now own, 
According to the U.S. government's own figures, 32.7% of the nation's wealth. Yes, that's right, one out of a hundred Americans, one hundredth of the American people, control nearly one-third of the nation's total wealth. How much more do they want? They're obviously not satisfied with 32.7%. Would they be satisfied with 35%, 40% of the nation's wealth? Maybe they want 50% or even more. But wait. The top 10% of Americans control 70% of the nation's wealth. How much more do they want? 80%? 90%? All of it? Maybe let's go back to feudalism. The rich lords own everything, and the rest of the population, the peons, depend on the largesse of the lords to survive. Listen to civil rights legend the Reverend Joseph Lowry engage Sean Hannity. The top 20% own more than 80% of the wealth, and those are the people who are getting the tax you cuts. You want perfect they socialism in America? You want Sean, redistribution? there's something wrong. Some, you can call names. There's something wrong when a handful of people have more than they'll ever need, while the masses of people have but less listen, than they I, always Listen, I want every American to, I'm not satisfied. I'm America not satisfied can do either. Better. I want, you know something? America but then, Reverend, when we ought to... Hannity may resort to red-baiting, but famed economist, the recently departed John Kenneth Galbraith, understood right-wingers perfectly. Quote, The modern conservative is engaged in one of man's oldest exercises in moral philosophy, that is, the search for a superior moral justification for selfishness. Close quote. We progressives have a battlefield calling us. How appropriate is it that Franklin Delano Roosevelt, 70 years ago, labeled the right wing economic royalists and issued an urgent call to arms? These economic royalists complain that we seek to overthrow the institutions of America. What they really complain of is that we seek to take away their power. Our allegiance and our allegiance to American institutions requires the overthrow of this kind of power. In vain, they seek to hide behind the flag and the Constitution. But in their blindness, they forget what the flag and the Constitution stand for. Now, now as always, for over a century and a half, the flag, the Constitution, stand against a dictatorship by mob rule and the overprivileged alike. Roosevelt literally says that core American values require 
require that we take away the power of the economic royalists, that we overthrow what is, in effect, a dictatorship by the overprivileged. One of those estate tax auditors, who may soon be laid off by the Bush administration, John Ruska, put it the most succinctly in a dire prediction, quote, This is not a game the poor will win, but the rich will, close quote. We progressives have to get on the playing field and turn the tide of this life-and-death game, this battle for the soul of the nation, before it's too late. As FDR put it, Governments can err. Presidents do make mistakes. But the immortal Dante tells us that divine justice weighs the sins of the cold-blooded and the sins of the warm-hearted in different scales. <laughs> Better the occasional faults of a government that lives in a spirit of charity than the consistent omissions of a government frozen in the ice of its own indifference. The right wing is frozen in the ice of its own indifference. It's up to us warm-hearted progressives to save the day. Stocking shirts in the Walmart store Just like the ones we made before Except this one came from Singapore I guess we can't make it here anymore Should I hate a people for the shade of their skin Or the shape of their eyes or the shape I'm in Should I hate them for having our jobs today No, I hate the men sent the jobs away I can see them all now, they haunt my dreams All lily white and squeaky clean They never known want, they never known need The don't stink and the kids won't bleed The kids won't bleed in the damn little war And we can't make it here anymore And now a word from another progressive podcaster. Outsourcing, built-in obsolescence, environmental pollution, accounting fraud, corruption, rip-offs, hijacking utility prices, greed, global warming, out-of-control marketing, destroying the food supply, mass propaganda, illegal surveillance, sweatshops. Had enough? Stop. Think. Listen. Act up. The No Respect Podcast, covering corporate America's war on the American consumer. Catch the podcast at http colon slash slash no hyphen respect dot blogspot dot com or look on iTunes under No Respect. Respect yourself.
I wanted to share with you this listener comment, which is truly breathtaking. It was posted on my podcast blog in response to show number 50, where I harshly criticized the right wing for condemning trapped coal miners to death by suffocation. A commission composed of equal numbers of union and company representatives had concluded that prudent safety measures required that miners be provided with 48 hours of emergency oxygen supplies in case of a mining disaster, since rescuers most often didn't reach trap miners for a day or longer. The current regulations only mandated a one-hour supply. Democrats endorsed the 48-hour standard, but Republicans opposed it and passed legislation merely changing from one hour to two hours the required amount of emergency oxygen. What good does two hours do if rescuers don't reach trapped miners for 20 to 30 hours? Silly me! I thought it was terrible that many miners would wind up suffocating long before rescuers could reach them. But someone posting as anonymous, for those of you who remember, he could well be Clem's brother, someone posting as anonymous set me straight. Quote, It's late and I'm bored. Without being too critical, what ignorance. The government shouldn't be doing anything regarding regulation. The Repubs raised the amount of oxygen up to two hours. The Dems wanted up to 28. Who gives a expletive deleted? How about this? I work in a coal mine because I choose to, and if you are too stupid to realize that it's dangerous, then you fall under the Liberals' beloved Darwinian natural selection. But I guess in the liberal world, next time I fall off my bike, or wreck on the way to work, or drink some sour milk, I can blame someone because we all need Big Brother in the sky to watch over us. Give me a break, you pansies. Close quote. Pansies! Suffocation is like falling off a bike or drinking sour milk. Only a pansy is afraid of suffocation or wants to protect others from suffocation. Only a pansy thinks it fundamental human morality to be concerned that those who help provide the energy the pansy and the rest of the nation depends on not be exposed to unnecessary mortal risk. I guess I'm a pansy then, Anonymous. What that makes you, I couldn't even begin to say on this family-rated podcast. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right and vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. A special hello to all you live 365 listeners. Why don't you come on over to the podcast homepage, sign up for free, and you can download and listen to any episode of the podcast anytime you want. You don't need an iPod. You can listen on your computer. You can find the podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and it'll come up the first result. Congratulations to Ned Lamont for defeating Joe Lieberman. I wish it had been in double digits, but 52 to 48%, I'll take it. Here's a brief message from the Progressive Podcast Network. 
Hi, this is Nancy of Wake Up AM, Wake Up America podcast. Kathy, Meg, and I are proud to be members of the Progressive Podcast Network. Check out all of the great podcasts over at newmediarevolution.org. Music credits. Bumper music was We Can't Make It Here by James McMurtry and Not The One Blues by Burnsheet Thornside. We'll close with a little bit of Catapult the Propaganda by Nye's Music. Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Thanks to Tom Hartman for the Rush Limbaugh clip. Thanks to the Miller Center at the University of Virginia for the FDR clip. You can check out Podcast 34 for more of those clips and a discussion of its relevance to today's Democratic Party. I love getting all your comments. They continue to be excellent. Please keep sending them to rational at adelphia.net. You can also call and leave a comment for me to play on the podcast. Dial 310-933-5891 and leave your message. I can also be reached at Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. Saddam Hussein produced and possessed chemical and biological weapons. Well, there is no question that we have evidence and information that Iraq has weapons of mass destruction, biological and chemical particularly. Simply stated. There is no doubt that Saddam Hussein now has weapons of mass destruction. We're there to to eliminate the weapons of mass destruction in that country. We know that Saddam Hussein produced and possessed chemical and biological weapons and has used chemical weapons. We know that. We now have teams of investigators who are hard at work to uncover the truth. To kind of catapult the propaganda. In my line of work, you got to keep repeating things over and over and over again. Catapult the propaganda. Catapult the propaganda. Catapult the propaganda. Catapult the propaganda.